Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're in the Beatitudes, where Jesus' Sermon on the Mount pronounces a series of blessings that belong to all Christians. That means we're in Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to spend the week on verse 5. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Now, some English translations use the word meek instead of gentle. It's a simple enough statement, but what does it really mean? Who are the gentle or the meek? Are you one of them? Is the blessing yours? Then what exactly does it mean to inherit the earth? Well, we're going to tackle each of the Beatitudes just like this, one at a time for the next several weeks. Pastor Jim will unpack each of these pronouncements of blessing so that we clearly understand who they apply to and what they mean. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, Victorious Meekness. Here's what Jesus says this sermon is all about. Matthew 5, starting at verse 17. Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. That, my friends, is a zinger. The Pharisees would have said, Amen, about not abolishing the law and the prophets. They'd have said, Sick them, let those Sadducees have it, boy. They're just knocking things out of your word like crazy. They would have said, Amen, about fulfilling them and say, Oh, and we can help you with that. They would have said, Amen, about not missing the smallest letter or stroke of it. When Jesus said, whoever keeps and teaches them, he'll be called great in the kingdom of heaven, they would have said, amen, and their name tags would have been modified the next day, Pharisee, great in the kingdom of heaven, or so they thought. They would have been thinking that Jesus was talking about them. After all, they were the most righteous. Just ask them. They were always ready to explain why they were the most righteous and everybody else was inferior. It was a total shock, not only to the Pharisees, but to all those people who week after week were under the teaching of the Pharisees when they heard that the de facto spiritual leaders of Israel didn't even qualify to set foot into the kingdom of heaven. They were on the outside, and you need something fundamentally different that goes infinitely beyond what they teach you. Trust me, what we call verses 17, 18, 19, and 20, it was a bombshell. In whatever way those various groups of people 
expected the Messiah to come. None of them were expecting somebody who would come humbly and meekly. The idea of a meek Messiah leading meek, contrite people, that was the opposite of any of their concepts of the kingdom. They understood military power. They understood miracle power. I explained to you back when we were in Mark, they even understood the power of compromise. They had uh, done some things that, would, oh, they probably had to bite their tongues and swallow hard, but they had compromised with Rome to, to, to keep the peace and keep their limited autonomy as best they could. But they didn't understand the power of meekness. Now, the people as a whole, all of those groups, they eventually rejected Jesus because he systematically disappointed their messianic expectations. They first rejected him, then they hated him, then they killed him. Because instead of approving of their version of religion as uh, they saw it, he condemned it. Instead of leading them to independence from Rome, he disdained revolutionary acts. He offered a way of even greater subservience. He even told them to submit to Rome. Wow. So, same outline today as for the first three, first two Beatitudes, and probably we'll keep it as we go along. It's real easy to take. Number one, who is blessed? Who does he say is blessed? And number two, what does this blessing include? Well, this is the third Beatitude, just for momentum's sake. Let's read the first three, Matthew 5, 3, 4, and 5. Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. That's the one for today. Blessed are the gentle. Now, gentle is the way that the New American Standard Bible translates the key word here. Um, I love this translation. I use it all the time. Uh, But I'm going to probably, mostly today, stick with the word meek instead of gentle. And if you uh, like to compare English translations, uh, I think every other one that I read chose meek. It's not that one is right and one is wrong, but I think, there's a, I think gentle is a little bit too gentle of a word for what Jesus was talking about here. The, the Greek word means mild, patient, yes, gentle, or tender-hearted. It, it describes a person who doesn't retaliate, a person who doesn't resent other people, a person who doesn't get bitter doesn't root against anyone else, doesn't strike back in anger or personal revenge. You get a good idea of the meaning and uh, the intent of this word that describes godly meekness when you look at all the uses of it in the New Testament. Now, don't have to brace yourself. There are only four. Let me show you these four uses. Okay, drum roll. The first one is... Are you ready for this? Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. Blessed are the gentle or meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So Jesus is pronouncing a blessing. This is the kind of person who is going to be with me when I rule the earth. 
Then Matthew 11, 29. This is part of one of Jesus' great invitations. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. And then he says this, Matthew eleven twenty nine. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle, or meek, and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. So Jesus says, this is characteristic of me. Then there's Matthew 21, verse 5. This is when Jesus was entering Jerusalem at what we call the triumphal entry. Again, huge crowds there, people shouting, Hosanna. They, the, the crowds thought they were coming to the, the, the coronation. And Jesus quotes Zechariah 9, 9. It's in Matthew 21, 5. He says, Say to the daughter of Zion, that would be to the, to the Jews, Behold, your king is coming to you, gentle or meek, and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. Now, how do kings come? They come on big white stallions. They come with armies marching. They come with trumpets blasting. They come with crowns. Jesus comes riding in on a, on a donkey. Talk about assaulting people's messianic expectations. There's one more use of this word. It's 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 4. We've been reading through 1 Peter. You know, this verse is in the context of what does a godly woman look like and act like? And he says that people ought to be able to observe your character. And he describes it this way, 1 Peter 3, 4. Let it be the hidden person of the heart. Before that, it's the contrast is to, uh, you know, dress and makeup and hair and all that stuff. Let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle or meek and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. So four times that word is used, and you get a pretty good idea whether you're going to translate it gentle or meek. You can tell from those uses of the word that meekness is a characteristic of true believers. That's exactly what Jesus is saying. Blessed are the meek. Secondly, you can tell that meekness is a characteristic of Jesus himself. Come to me because I am this way. You will want to be with me, and I will provide rest for your souls. And then it tells us that meekness is, well, you can't get any more specific than this, precious in the sight of God. That means this is a quality that God values highly. You want to pursue this because you want to glorify God, because you want to be a good representative of who Christ is. Now, there is another form of the word that occurs in uh, the New Testament. It's uh, related to the same root. And the idea is also that meekness is the opposite of pride, the opposite of selfishness, the opposite of obstinacy, the opposite opposite of inflexibility. Now, those all come naturally to, to us in the flesh, right? Pride, selfishness, being obstinate, being inflexible. This is the opposite of our fallen condition. Just a couple of uses of the word that way. 1 Corinthians 4.21, Paul says to his friends in Corinth, What do you desire? Shall I come to you with a rod or with love and a spirit of gentleness or meekness? 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.